0: So what gospel are you preaching, is my question today. What gospel are you preaching? Well, we're talking about some things, so we're going to start there. What, what are you talking about the most these days, with your family or friends, chatting online, texting each other, sending email back and forth? Are you talking about the new Wonder Woman movie? I don't think so. It wasn't that great. Um... Some might, some might disagree with me. Okay, all right. I already got a snicker from my wife there. It's like, that was not a bad movie. Okay, are you talking about the... Okay, we're going to go deeper on this. We, we talking about the, the influence that China has in the world today? Please, we're not going to go there, are we? Or are you talking about the future of AI, artificial intelligence, and how it will run much of the world? Any geeks and nerds out there? I'm one of them. I think that's kind of fascinating. I think it's dangerous, but it's fascinating. Uh, or are you talking about censorship? Well, that's old news last week, right? Isn't it amazing that significant events that take place just a week ago are old news now? We've moved on to something else. Are you talking about politics? No, we're not. Please don't talk about politics anymore, right? Uh, their agendas, and if they're right or wrong. Are you talking about the vaccine? Well, here that's probably a conversation because... After all, we're rolling out here in New Hampshire. Are you talking about, are you getting it? Are you not getting it? Are you saying, yes, it's going to save the world? Are you saying, oh, look at the science behind it and research at it. I'm not so sure. All kinds of sides. What are you talking about? Are you talking about the unemployment benefits or the new COVID bailout that's going to happen? How are you going to spend that money, right? Lots to talk about. Can I tell you that what we talk about is the gospel we're preaching? Uh, Listen to me for a moment. What we're talking about is actually the gospel we're preaching. Now, what gospel is, it? Is the question. And that's why I've titled this message, What Gospel Are You Preaching? Well, uh, the Apostle Paul began to rebuke the church in Galatia. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 1. You'll see the reference on the screen, Galatians chapter 1. Or if you have your smartphones, I do really encourage you. I know it's like old school to actually bring a physical Bible. Maybe I'm old, I don't know. I have gray in my beard these days, so maybe I am old. Um, but there's something about cracking open the Bible. So I encourage you. About a little bit ago, I just said, "Hey everybody, hold up your Bible if you have one. Hold up your Bible if you have one up here." That's good. I'll do that a few times every week to kind of get us in the habit. Crack open your Bible. This is where life is found, church. Galatians 1, chapter 6. The Apostle Paul, who's writing the church of Galatia, says this. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. We have said before, so now I say it again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. My question is what gospel are we preaching what gospel are we listening to so who is your god who is or what is your savior what are you putting your hope in and what are you what is giving you peace because a lot of our conversations could be we hope that this substance This leader, this is going to give us something, right? And we're talking about the something, but are we talking about Jesus? Because what we talk about is the gospel we're preaching. So the Apostle Paul begins to rebuke them and saying, hey, 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 wait wait a second. Because of whatever is going on in their culture in that time and in their world, he's saying, you're starting to add things that don't really make a difference, and are we adding things to what we're talking about that really don't make a difference? Interestingly enough, the gospel that gets preached sometimes can so easily in our humanity get twisted by the current events, right? I, I have to admit, and I actually have to repent before you, I'm, I am a little bit interested on what's unfolding in our world today. Now, I'm not saying be naive about it, but I have to say I've probably have spent too much time talking about it with some people. And I've realized that I've probably been talking about scenarios and what-ifs and, and theories more than I've been talking about Jesus. And I just wonder if I've been preaching a gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ because I've been talking about different things. You know, the, the, the early disciples of Jesus also struggled with it. Here, Jesus came and he's talking, and you're going to say, well, what is the gospel? We're going to get there in a second. And, and they began to say, ah, Jesus is coming to establish a kingdom. That means he's going to overthrow the Roman Empire. So much so that Peter, you know, feisty Peter, one of his disciples, when Jesus is about to be arrested, takes out his sword and lops off a, a soldier's ear. The military man's ear, and and Jesus is like, oh my word! Do you guys not realize this is not the fight I'm fighting? <laughs> and maybe we need to be reminded that sometimes the when we look around the world today, that we can get so feisty about politics, and we get so feisty about um, global things and diseases and pandemics, and and Jesus saying, guys, hello. <laughs> Would you talk about me and my kingdom and be focused on the things that I've asked you to be focused on? The interesting thing is we've been told about this at the very beginning of time that, that human nature has this propensity to want to know. I want to know. Because if I know, then I can somehow feel at peace. If I want to know, then somehow I can prepare. If I know... Jesus planted two trees in the garden at the very beginning. Do you know those two trees are? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. What was the tree that Eve and then Adam took a bite of the fruit afterwards that God had said, don't don't go there, don't eat from that because surely you will die? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Isn't it interesting that that's the tree, and and don't we do that today? We just want to talk about what's good and what's bad. We want to know, we want to have the knowledge of what's good and bad. And you're probably thinking like, "Isn't, isn't that right? Isn't that right? But the interesting thing about the difference between the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is one brings life and one brings death. How can that be? How could knowing about good and evil bring death? And I'll tell you why, because I've been living it. I like to know. (laughs) And if we're talking about all these things, about the what-ifs of the future, and who's right and who's wrong and who's evil and who's good, my mind and my heart and my spirit are not connected to the thing that gives me life, which is Jesus, the tree of life is the life is the source of life it means you 're connected to God, which means you 're connected to Jesus and you 're living by the Spirit of God that dwells inside of you so i 'm now somewhat talking to people who already believe in Jesus I'm very aware that you're watching online some in here are not there yet, and that 's why I love that you 're here. You can belong before you believe but i 'm saying for those who have given your life to Jesus, the propensity or the the Um, why did I come up with a big word that I don't even, I I know what it means, but like I'm trying to find a, a different word and I can't find it. The push or pull for us as humans is we want to know, but he says when we want to know, then that means we're playing God. You want to be like God. God only knows what the future has. And we don't really know what the future has, so why are we spending so much time trying to figure it out? The knowledge of good and evil will just lead you to death. And Jesus says, no, but I've, I've come to give you life and life in the full. That means we need to eat from the tree of life. All right, so what does the gospel mean? I'm, I digressed on there, but I think it's fascinating on how we can spend our energy and time thinking about things that only God really knows. And it's robbing from us instead of giving us life. But I want to let you know that that the the gospel itself is really about this. It's it's the context of understanding that Jesus came to this earth, that he died on a cross for our sins, like Nikki sang about, and that, that when he took our sins, why? Because so we can be in a relationship with our Father in heaven, who is a great Father, who loves you, who wants to care for you, who wants to provide for you, who wants to love you. And Jesus, by giving your life to Jesus, gives us that ability to be in relationship with our Father, and it also wipes away our guilt and shame, and we can come close to God. That's the gospel. And and three days later, after Jesus went to the cross, he rose again. He became, he's going to be the soon coming king. He's going to be, he is the king of kings. Do I hear a hallelujah? (laughs) I almost felt Pentecostal there for a moment. Hallelujah. All right. The gospel is good tidings, it means. They're really the definition. Good tidings of the kingdom of God, God, soon to be set up. That Jesus, the Messiah, the king, who will rule in this kingdom, which, by the way, is not, we can't see this kingdom. We live in this kingdom, but we can't see it. We can feel it by our love for each other, by our kindness to each other, by our service to one another, by our care for the world, and by living out, reaching the lost, caring for the least, and training the found. That's how we live in this kingdom of God. So here we go. Then Jesus says, this is what we should be doing. We have to understand what Jesus' purpose was, to understand our purpose, because if we're talking about things that of the knowledge of good and evil, if we're talking about the what-ifs, which means we're kind of preaching a different gospel, what, is, what should we be putting our mind, time, and attention to? Let's look at Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 in your device or your um, physical Bible, digital Bible, physical Bible. Luke chapter 19. So here it is, red letters, Jesus gives us a parable of the ten minas. A mina is a weight measure, actually, um, that then converts into shekels, and then shekels would be, it's a monetary system. Um, One mina is probably uh, worth four months of wages, depending if the shekel was in gold or silver. Today's Today's terms, it might be $100. If it's silver, if it's gold, it might be $4,000. So just kind of give you a perspective of what, um, what it is. So Jesus tells a parable. So a parable, again, remember, is a story. It's, it's not, there's imagery. It's a story to tell a point. The interesting thing about parables, too, the people who got them were the ones who were kind of like, were in tune with what Jesus was going. And most people were like, I don't get that. What are, you, what are you saying? He wasn't trying to talk in riddles, but he was trying to talk to the things of the spirit, not to the things of the mind. So we're going to go there. Because this passage can be difficult to understand, uh, but I feel like it's really clear and it ties into what gospel are you preaching? Because what we're talking about, or what's on our lips, or what we're talking is, is is what we're saying is the gospel. So we want to be a true gospel. We want to be sharing the things that bring life. So here we go. It says this. Jesus gives the story now. A noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling 10 of his servants, he gave them 10 minus, remember? So each a weight of shekels. And he said to them, "'Engage in business until I come.'" But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him, saying, Lord, your minas have made 10 minas more. And he said to them, well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. And the second came saying, Lord, your minas has made five minas. And he said to him, you are uh, to be over five cities. Then another came to him saying, Lord, um, here, are your, here is your mina. I kept it, laid it away in a handkerchief for I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. "'You take what you did not deposit, "'and you reap what you did not sow.' "'And he said to him, "'I will condemn you with your own words, "'you wicked servant. "'You knew that I was a severe man, "'taking what I did not deposit "'and reaping what I did not sow. "'Why then did you not put my money in the bank? "'And at my coming, "'I might have collected it with interest.' "'And he said to those who stood by, "'Take the mina from him,' Give it to the one who has ten minus. And he said to him, Lord. Oh, so he said, and they said to him, Lord, but he has ten minus. I tell you that everyone who has more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken from him. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. Wow, what was that story all about? (laughs) All right, I'm going to pack that for you. I think it's really important that we understand this. So first of all, who is the nobleman in the story? Jesus is the nobleman, okay? So he's talking about himself in a parable. So who are the servants? The servants, uh, so those who have already given their life to Jesus would be considered the servants in the story, the minas represent, what do the minas represent? That the, God is giving them a sum, of, or Jesus is giving us a sum of money, or not really, he's, what does that represent? It represents, he's giving us something as a deposit. He's giving us something that he wants us to do with that. He's looking also for a return. He's looking for it to be multiplied. Now, I'll get to... I'll tell you what that is in a moment. It's I don't it's not money that he's not talking about. He's just making an analogy because people understood the the what money can do when you invest it, it can multiply. He's looking for multiplication. So, he says, "Go do business. What business should we be about?" We should be about the business of what Jesus is doing and seeing his kingdom grow and expand. And we're making deposits of the gospel, deposits of the gospel, the good news of Jesus and his saving grace, and we want to see that investment multiply. Okay, but what does it mean, though, that he takes what he does not deposit and reaps what he does not sow? Again, it can sound confusing because the servant misunderstood who Jesus was. He correctly understood that, that this is who Jesus is, Right? He's asked us to make deposits into people's lives of Jesus in the kingdom, right? He's asked us to share, to preach the gospel, to share Jesus with other people, make a deposit of the kingdom in somebody's life. But when Jesus returns to earth, he is going to actually reap that harvest for himself. So he's saying that what he, what he, he takes what he does not deposit and reaps what he does not sow, so us as believers have deposited and have sown seeds of the gospel, but Jesus is the one who gets to reap the harvest. All right, so, so, they, so he said it correctly. He understood that, but he said he's a hard man. He's a hard man. He goes, well, if you thought I was so hard, then why did not you actually do something with the money? He was really upset with a guy who just buried the money. So where are we in the story? And what does it mean that we bury the money? It means that when we don't look for depositing the gospel, when we don't look for um, sowing the seeds of the kingdom, that all we do is say, I found Jesus, I'm keeping it to myself. And he says, oh, wicked man. What, What I have given you as an investment, I actually am going to take from you. I'll leave you to discern what that is all about. That's not the point of this message. But, and you're saying, well, how do you know that? How do you know he's talking about all these things, about the gospel, planted gospel in the kingdom, and it's about souls, and it's about... The interesting thing in my Bible, it, it starts by the, the paragraph or the heading of the, the 10 Minas, and sometimes we just start there like that's the beginning of the story, but you have to realize it's just a heading. You up into verse 10. And verse 10 says this, Today salvation has come to this house since he is also the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So he's saying that Jesus' purpose is to seek and save the lost, bring people into his kingdom where he has covering, care, protection, love, puts them into a family, cares for them, gives them purpose, removes their guilt and shame, gives them hope, peace, joy, fulfillment, all the things that the Spirit gives, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all these things that as a family of God we get to experience together. But he says this not only is his purpose, but then he's giving, so that's verse 10, then he is giving this deposit to his followers, Right, He starts by the, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Now, the interesting thing, he, Jesus is still alive at this point when he's telling this, but he's foreshadowing to send a noble man wanted to build this kingdom, but he, he left, but then he's coming back, and he's wanting to see what we have done with the investment that he's given us. He's wanting to see with, with what he has deposited in you his spirit inside of you, that you have actually lived something that's going to produce something for his kingdom. Remember we said our job is to help you get ready to meet Jesus face to face. There's a time when Jesus is going to come back and he's going to ask us, what did you do with your life? And this is why for us, we're saying we want to help you reach the lost Care for the least. The Bible says, as much as we've done it for the least of these, we've done it for Jesus and it trained the found. That's the Great Commission, right? So I want to go back to the two trees for a moment as we're finishing up here. Because I think it's really important to go to what I started with is what we talk about is the gospel we're preaching. What we talk about is the gospel we're preaching and we see Paul's rebuke of saying, hey, hey, guys, you're talking about things that was not the original intent of what Jesus was talking about. The gospel that was given to the original apostles and disciples, you guys are talking about things that don't really make a difference for the kingdom of God. So the difference that we need to be Asking ourselves is how often are we actually talking about Jesus in our conversations? Because if we start talking about Jesus, then we have an opportunity to start depositing things of the gospel into people's lives. And I'm not saying you need to go around evangelizing everybody that you meet, but what I am saying is you need to be spent sensitive to the Spirit of God that resides in you. And be willing to make deposits that will reap a harvest for the soon coming King of Jesus Christ, because Jesus is looking for that, and He rebukes the one that does not do anything with the gift that He has already given them. That, that He's given them a mina. He's given them a gift. He's given them something to a deposit that's to be multiplied. He gave us that example of money just because you can try to get your head wrapped around this idea of, of interest and in multiplication of an investment. And he said, I've I've invested something in your life that I want you to invest in other people's life that's going to have a multiplication effect for the kingdom of God. And then you you again you ask that question, but what is that again? Go back to verse 10. That Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Why are the lost so important? God says his heart is that none should perish, that none should perish. His desire is that everybody would come close to him. And again, you need to hear the heart of God, the Father. For you is, and for the people who don't know them, it's like, I want to be their father. I want to be their protector. I want to be their provider. I want to give good gifts to them. I want to love them. I want to nurture them. I want them to experience the fullness that I have designed them to be. So, my challenge for you this week every week I have a little challenge for you. Is that okay? just to kind of keep us motivated. The challenge I have for you this week is every day this week, I want you to share with somebody something amazing about Jesus. You don't have to lead them into a salvation prayer or anything. You just have to share something that Jesus has been doing in your life or some quality of Jesus in a casual conversation. It could be like, man, I, do you realize that I'm so grateful you know, when I messed up yesterday that Jesus is so close to me that he just quickly forgives me like that, and boom, I start a fresh day. Like, you can keep it so casual. It's like, you know, in the world, it's going so crazy. Isn't it amazing that God's still in control? Just a little deposit, a little seed, planting the gospel. saying something about the goodness of Jesus. Because that's the tree of life. That's where you're going to find life. And you're saying, I don't have the courage for doing that. I don't, I don't know what to say. And all you have to say is, Holy Spirit that dwells inside of me, as a believer, you already have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Holy Spirit, I don't know if I can do that. Just say, The Holy Spirit wants to do it. You just need to come into alignment with what the Spirit of God wants to do. (laughs) Ask for more of the Holy Spirit, and I don't even know if it's more. I mean, the fullness of the Spirit is in you. I think you just need to say, my Spirit, I want to come in alignment with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) My mind, I want to come submission to what the Spirit of God wants to do. And part of that is training your heart and your mind to hear the voice of God. And remember last week, I said, if you're not in the Word of God, you're gonna be deceived. This world is full of deception. The antichrists of the world will deceive you because they mask themselves of angels of light. Be in God's Word, be in time of prayer, be in community. And then you can begin to hear the still, small voice as you go around making little deposits of the gospel by just what you're talking about. So all I'm asking is, instead of talking about all what you would talk about throughout this week, just decide that you're going to include one conversation about Jesus every day in your conversation. Do you think you could do that? Hmm, I haven't seen too many heads nodding on that one. All right, we got it. Those online, you got that one? I can see the head nods in your living room, in your car. Well done. If you're sitting next to somebody in your living room right now, nudge them. If you're sitting next to somebody here, just nudge them to say, you got that? You got that? All right, next week, you're going to ask them, right? You're going to hold each other accountable on that. That's the way we grow. It's the way we grow. But I want to let you know the stakes are pretty high. This is not a time to live casual, uh, be a casual Christian. This is not a time to take your faith casually. This is, this is becoming an intense time spiritually for our world, for our nation, for us individually. We need to be in tune and we need to be prepared And we need to be living obedient to what the spirit of god is doing and saying but i'm here to encourage you you've got it you can do this we're in it together welcome to church online my name is pastor mark and i just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road we just wanna say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, Then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We wanna say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come.